welcome to another episode of the First Byte Podcast, your guide to topics in IT, web design, and marketing. I'm Nathan Cheatham. I'm here with Eric Purendorf today. We're going to talk about web browser security. So this is intriguing to me because as a web designer, you know, a web marketer, I feel like I understand certain topics in web browser security, but I feel like you're going to enlighten me today. Yeah, web browser security has been on my radar for a number of years now. And I don't think the security landscape has fully wrapped their mind around what that means. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody who, what was a good way to make a joke about this? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, I see a storm coming or I see the danger and I look around wanting validation from my peers to say like, you guys see what I see, right? And everybody's looking down and everybody's looking around. That's being, I'm being metaphorical, but, uh, you know, I'm in a number of associations and organizations, uh, pertaining to cybersecurity, it management, business, it functions, that sort of thing. And I'm a, I'm a vocal contributor to those groups. Um, and you know, just, just this weekend, I floated it again. Like, what do you, you know, what's everybody doing to secure remote workers? What's everybody Mm -hmm. doing to secure, um, you know, a hundred percent decentralized businesses like Evernet. Right. Right. And, um, and still the overwhelming response is this classic it mentality from a configuration standpoint it's totally tech it's a it's overly technical but it's it's still uh, what i would call classical which is um the the expectation that the business has a central office mm-hmm. that all the computers used to conduct business are are business owned okay. right um that to some degree there's either an on-prem data store or database, a server, uh, or now, you know, the hybrid model was sure, let's offload uh, some data or server functions to AWS, uh, Amazon Web, Web Services or Azure for Microsoft, you know, hosted servers, right? Um, that's still the expectation in, in the security uh, realm and the IT realm, and it's not the reality anymore. I mean, um, you know, Evernet, as you know, is 100% decentralized. Evernet uh, does not buy and own computers uh, managed by other uh, by by the staff and the personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do we secure those? How do we secure our systems? How do we secure those environments? And I think what our company looks like is indicative of what is coming for more businesses. So to give a little more context to exactly what you're talking about, you're saying, so one of the things that we've seen in uh, our business and our clients is, you know, rather than having a software that's downloaded to their computer, their business computer, what have you, uh, you're, you're logging in through a browser, you're, you could kind of go from one computer to the other. You're pretty agnostic from that point. Completely. Yeah. You know, so you're, and um, don't fault me for not having the right 
products that I'm talking about, but like say like QuickBooks, there's QuickBooks online. You can log in from any computer. Right. You know, Microsoft Teams, we use that. I can go from my well, Microsoft, personal Microsoft Office 365. Yeah. It's the it's the first business tool that most businesses use, right? Mm-hmm. So to your point, yes, you can you can just sit at every computer and log into this platform. Yeah. Right? Did you have more? Well, right. So essentially that it's we've moved away from this like static workstation to anything can become a workstation. Right. And, and so that's a huge cybersecurity risk. Exactly. It's huge. Um, the t- industry refers to that as BYOD. Okay. Bring your own device. Um, BYOD, you know, I remember I've been doing this so long uh, that we used, I remember issuing cell phones to the techs and to the employees. So mm-hmm. company issued cell phones. And, and of course, company issued computers at that time, right? And then the smartphone came out and uh, Apple and Android uh, connected to the exchange server so easily. And you could pull down your calendar, your mail, Mm -hmm. your contacts. Um, And then it just didn't make business sense to issue cell phones anymore. And and then we went to, you know, a cell phone stipend. And then eventually it's like everybody has a smartphone. Mm -hmm. You're expected to, to provide your own smartphone. So that's where we are today. My wife, however, attorney at Lego, still corporate issued cell phone, corporate issued laptop. So mm-hmm. all of her, so there is that is one way to control and secure the work environment. Therefore, uh, the policies on her devices, VPN directly to the central office or the central mm-hmm. data center for her her company, and that that there's a there's a protective wrap all the way around her entire environment. They control her user environment. They control her uh, traffic, where it's coming and where it's going, and and kind of wrapping that all up in a bundle. But in more of these, um, I don't want to say neo nouveau kind of new way to run business, but I mean, look, we're leveraging the technologies to run a lean business, right? Mm -hmm. So the concern is how much imposition can a company like ours have on non-company owned devices right and that's always been the balance you know and we uh, evernet um you know has a pretty strict policy of making sure endpoints are secured but you know as you know in your team you run our marketing division we have more and more subcontractors coming online mm-hmm. um you know they're using their own email addresses they're they're using um but they're you know at, coming in as a guest on teams um and using our various tool sets to to conduct business of course, on the marketing side of the house, there's, you know, our clients and the virtue of our product that we sell is not, um, the risk is is very low to, to our clients. Right. So kind of to come full circle to the theme, you know, web, this, the classic security model really only looks at the device mm-hmm. and it looks at the network. And if you don't have a network and if you don't have devices, so to speak, as an organization, you only, you only have apps, mm-hmm. specifically web apps. You know, our entire business is run on, a, on the web. Yep. So, you know, this is where I'm starting to feel like I'm adrift or I'm a little ahead or behind or adjacent to my contemporaries, my peers, because I'm looking at the web browser as the next major operating system. And that's not a profound statement. I mean, Google launched the Google Chrome uh, or the Chromebooks, right, mm-hmm. which was a laptop that just ran Chrome web browser um, as an operating system, but it almost was like a little ahead of its time in a way, okay. yep. y- you know, because you were, you could run, you know, you could use the web and run the web, but 
businesses in in large part haven't weren't hadn't yet fully offloaded their entire business function to the web yet right and more and more there are products and solutions that are coming online that are fully web-based and that's what we're exploring now and that's what we're exploring now so uh, you know it's we do want to secure the end device in the endpoints they call it so your computer your devices we do want to wrap the traffic in in encryption and security you know that sort of thing but if you're not protecting the web browser specifically you're not i don't think you're close enough to the the data to mm-hmm. offer reasonable security to to that function does that does that make sense yeah so so you're you you're logging into all of these uh applica- these web excuse me specifically web applications and and if we just have antivirus on the computer how are we really controlling what's happening on the web browser Right, because that doesn't really touch the web in that standpoint. So, so give me an idea here. Like, where is the vulnerabilities? Is it the, um, the accessing? Like, is there something that needs to be attached to the browser? Is it controlling, like, through a password manager and making sure that you know uh, you have secure passwords? What's the implication here? Because we all know at least at this point, you know, going through the 90s and early 2000s, like, you know, uh, viruses on your computer, um, being able to pull, you know, data off your computer. If it's all in the in the web, you know, the layman would say, well, that's the software person's problem because my information's in their database. So that needs to be protected. But I'm just kind of an ex. I'm looking through a window. Right. So the web browser... In in the in this context of this conversation is the in in essence the application that's being used by the enterprise. Mm-hmm. So and it's it gets technical, more technical than I'd probably want to do a deep dive here. But there's this thing called the OSI layer or the OSI model where it talks about uh, the application framework from a communication standpoint. Sure, just got really complicated, but basically. You know, they call like your the wire that plugs into your computer to connect to to the network. Mm-hmm. That's the they call that the physical layer because it's physical, right? Yep. And then you have do you have you ever heard of uh, uh, TCP/IP? Nope, but get nerdy with it. Okay, so t- if, you know what an IP address yep. is, right? Yep. Well, that TCP/IP is the protocol that rides on top of the copper. Okay. That gives you an IP address, and then. Um, if you've ever looked in your settings or whatever, your computer has a name, yes. a logical name. And so this is all this is all the framework that builds up onto your computer all the way up to the web browser and the programs running on your computer, all the way up the application layer. So if you have antivirus on the computer only, and that's your only means of security, the web browser can actually wrap itself in, you have you have a blind spot with mm-hmm. with the web browser so like the web browser can 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 wrap itself in its activity so it can't really see or control what's what the users are doing in and out of the web browser okay you can once something comes off the web browser and onto the computer you can measure that and monitor that with applications installed on the computer but what if that doesn't happen mm-hmm. like what if what if you're going cross sites what if you're going from what if you know what if um, you know, data, you know, data is trying to 
do what's called a cross script attack or cross site attack or something. So you're working with in this web app with your data. And then what if the, the user hits a new tab and goes to some virus laden website because that's their interest or whatever you, you just without browser security, you can't really monitor and measure and secure that, that activity. Okay. And let me just be clear. This is not about employee monitoring. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is not about, uh, uh, performance monitoring, behavior monitoring, stopping your employees from going to eBay and Facebook during it. We have technologies that can do that. And that you can actually control at the computer or device level. Mm -hmm. um, you can also control it at the gateway level where the traffic's coming in and out. Um, unless you have a decentralized environment and I can't control where you're going. Uh, you, you have all of the Evernet apps that you're yep, using yep. open, but I can't control what else you're going to. Mm. And what other interaction or e possible data exfiltration can happen when you are on your computer that I can only assert so much reasonable control over? So that's the that's the uh, imperative. So before we get into you know privacy concerns and employee monitoring concerns, let's talk about the real realism here because I feel like this is something kind of new to me. But like there is an active say like global attack or attack on trying to pull information from people through through your browser in in a different way than what was kind of the norm before well this is kind of why i uh, this was the impetus for my you know i've always was always concerned about the browser mm -hmm. um because it's the primary means and by which we connect and communicate through the internet yeah so, I mean, that and email. Mm -hmm. But if you're using webmail, it is the browser. Mm -hmm. So, and security was never approached at the, at the browser level. From, and this is for the com corporate and company context. Mm -hmm. this, for home users where they're standalone entities in front of their browser, this really doesn't apply. A lot of, a lot of security has been built into uh, modern browsers to protect the end user. But just be clear, I'm talking about the co the corporate context here. This mm -hmm. is for co company or corporate IT uh, context. Um, so the browser just never was uh, thought of in, as a corporate application. Right. Okay. And corporate applications, almost by definition, have some some means to centrally manage them. Mm -hmm. You know? So if we're let me just kind of lead us to some solutions, right? Yeah. So... We're, I'm seeing, we're seeing that there are actually companies that are springing up that are building corporate web browsers. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So th through that, you can say, let's say you log, we're not going to mention any specific software you use for Evernet, right? For some reasonable security measure <laughs> here. Um, but let's say you open up our main business tool mm -hmm. and you're at the login prompt. Or, um, okay, well, we're a 365 user, so that's no, no surprise. So let's say you go to your outlook.office.com, right? Because mm -hmm. that's where you should start your day, and we have the app launcher and all that sort of thing. Um, but what if the first prompt says, um, we detect that you're not in your company's browser? Okay, and this is something that you see a lot of times because um, the uh, websites can leave cookies. Uh, yes. To know, like... Um, you know, it's the, do you trust this computer? Right. Prompt. Right. And that leaves a little cookie that says, 
yes, this is like a home computer or a computer that I am willing to give, you know, some amount of like uh, trust to. Yes. So you're saying that this browser, this corporate browser would essentially have that prompt more often. No, this is completely different. Okay. You got to like, you got to, it's a total shift in under, in how this works. You go, we can configure our corporate identity provider, which is the, is the software that we use to identify, uh, to identify and log us into all of our applications that mm-hmm. support it, right? We can actually configure that corporate identity provider, say, if Nathan tries to log into his email, first check his browser. And mm-hmm. if it's, and if it's, he's not using the corp, the company's corporate browser, deny access. Okay. Okay. So the experience that you get as the company user is, Let's say you f- don't think about it. You log, you, you open your normal Chrome mm-hmm. or Firefox or Edge or what have you. And you go to uh, our company email, out, outlook.office.com. And you go to try to log in with your credentials. And you will get a prompt that says, um, uh, log in not authorized by, by non-supported uh, browser. It'll, and then it'll tell you, click here for, to a link to download your, com- your corporate browser. Mm-hmm. So then you click on that and the experience will be that you download and install the company's browser. And when you open the company's browser, you're going to be met with an authentication right out of the gate. Gotcha. We then configure the, that software, that browser software to authenticate against our company identity provider. And your whole security profile now comes down for that browsing session. And we can then control... It's an entirely encased sandbox for your entire web session. So yes, you should have antivirus on your computer if you're a company uh, employee or a contractor, but we can, we can also do things like met, test that. So like the corporate browser can say, is the device reasonably secured? Because the, the, the computer does report some basic security metrics like mm-hmm. antivirus installed, patches update uh, installed, that sort of thing. So we can even say like, if you're, if your company or privately owned computer or the computer from which you're connecting to does not meet a reasonable security standard, we can even just say, you, we don't even trust the sandbox or the originating point from, mm-hmm. from where you're connecting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that it adds that layer of security of like what you would be doing at a workstation, you know, in a office where it's, you know, you've got an IT professional that's coming through, making sure that every computer is at an acceptable level. Right. You're able to check that and deny access if the user isn't keeping up with what they should be doing. Exactly. And that prompts them to then reach out to the IT provider right. for the company and make sure that they're in line. Exactly. And this is why I said at the beginning of the conversation why I view the web browser as, as the new um, business operating system or the you know even to some extent the new kind of global operating system um, because this is what operating systems have traditionally done. Mm-hmm. When you double click on a, a program on your desktop to launch the program, the program assumes that, that, that the operating system from which you're inv- uh, operating or using that software, it already has the security measures and the antivirus and the pat, you know, all that stuff from IT. So just imagine, go take your mind and kind of go, I just watched Ant-Man, the whole, and they're all about like quantum, like scaling mm-hmm. down and there's whole universes, like right. all the way down to the subatomic level. Like, just think of that scale as the operating system was first the thing that was running your computer, your laptop, or your desktop. Now you're just up one level. And so the, uh, the web browser is the operating system. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, IT has not had 
good control over that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's interesting. You talk about uh, that. There's corporate browser solutions coming online. Do you think that starts a pressure for the main browsers? Like that's a Chrome. Great, I was hoping you were going to say, you that. know, yeah. inter, uh, Microsoft, maybe they reboot internet Explorer for something or, or edge. I'm shocked that they don't already have this. Yeah. I'm shocked that Microsoft has not built a, uh, I mean, it used to be called internet Explorer, but their successor web browser is now called Microsoft edge. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I am shocked and surprised that they have not already contemplated this and made a Edge Pro web browser. Right. They can they can market that and they can charge for that. And, totally. And in a industry, you know, when you talk about web browsers, like that's always been a free service. Like Mozilla, uh, Firefox, uh, Chrome, uh, Safari comes free with your, you know, my um, Apple computer. Right. Why not have the I don't know, you know, we're talking corporate. So you're saying like $500 a year, $500 a month. Two bucks know? a user per month. Yes. That's typically the model now that's called SaaS software as a service. And it's usually a per user per month model. Right. Um, you know, let's, let's break it down a couple of things. Um, Google makes the uh, Chrome browser. Uh, Firefox has the Firefox browser. How are they providing the, the software for free? generally ads it's ad supported yeah so they can control your default search engine and firefox apple uh, famously there's always news articles about ha how apple and google and microsoft has have this three-way um dance going on who apple is going to partner with for their default search so if you open the web browser in uh, safari on apple for example and you just type a search string in the address bar mm -hmm. right because remember like 10 years ago they go like Oh, we'll make the address bar a search bar. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember when that wasn't function that didn't work that way? Are you old enough to remember that? I don't know if I my first iPhone was a four. So it might have been before that. There was a there was a time where like you had to only put URLs mm -hmm. in the address bar. And if you wanted to do an internet search, you would type in the address bar google.com and hit enter and then go down to the web page and type in whatever your search gotcha. is. Gotcha. Uh, sometimes in the, sometime in the aughts or early teens, um, they all of the web browsers just uh, partnered with a search provider, which was always Google. Right. And Google pays those companies billions mm. to to for that access. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, Apple and Microsoft have other imperatives uh, and initiatives that allow them to provide a web browser on their operating systems. But you have independents like Opera and Firefox. Um, and, Chrome, and Google has Chrome um, to pay for the web browser, so it's ad supported, right? If you're mm -hmm. if you're getting anything for free on the internet, it's ad supported, right? Um, so the pro, uh, the idea with pro software is that you're you're paying for it. You mm -hmm. usually get a level of support, but in this context, I don't think anybody really contemplated what value you could provide a web browser. Um, what what functionality could you bake into a web browser that you could charge for? Mm -hmm. And then I don't think a lot of companies really thought about it. Clearly, they didn't think about it. Although I'm shocked, and maybe I'm I'm ignorant to the functionality of a Chromebook or what Chrome can do from micro. Uh, I don't know if Google has any management. I mean, I know they have. They must have management tools for the Chromebook, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's in the context of like security. It's more of like maybe user management and things. You know, I think there's a 
shift in the corporate world to accepting the remote work, accepting, uh, you know, decentralized, that wasn't really there. I mean, we're in 2023, so like three years ago, when we were going through 2020, you know, there was just this mindset shift that affected just so many different industries, so many different topics. And this might, we might be zeroing in on one. Granted, Evernet's always been kind of a leader in that front because decentralized in 2017. That's right. And, um, but even from your own words, it took until 2020 for that really to grab hold of the clients that we work with and to allow a sales process that wasn't an in-person or, That's right, right. you know, in-office um, kind of procedure. And so now we're kind of saying, okay, so in 2020, we shifted, we're allowing this mindset. And now the ramifications of that is we need security to, yeah, the, to back this the up. Secu- the security landscape was just amplified when COVID happened. Um, and and that's why I was I've been thinking about this for years because as you said we were a leader in running a decentralized business you know we're Hartford born Hartford Connecticut born business and uh, but I think half of our resources now to, uh, don't work from within the Connecticut yeah. geographic border um, and fortunately the silver lining for us with COVID is that um, the sales process is no longer no. People no longer expect me to come into their conference room and have a conversation with them. We can all do this through Teams and Zoom, and it's wonderful. I tried to do that before COVID, and I think we lost some deals over that because because I kind of resisted. Hey, let's mm-hmm. do you know. But uh, I mean, that's another conversation for another day. But I wanted to just kind of put a kind of kind of put a bow on my prediction that you know Google already has like Chrome designed for users. Like you can log into Chrome, mm-hmm. right? You've experienced that before, yeah. It can be annoying at times. <laughs> yeah, a little bit annoying. Um, it's a little concerning sometimes because it interrupts your ability to main, you know, be anonymous at times when you just may not want Google tracking your searches and for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, but they already have the framework to like log into the browser. Yeah, they just didn't come at. They came at it at like from a consumer standpoint, right? And very B to C, basic. It was real basic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's my prediction. We already see two corporate browsers on the market or coming online. Um, I don't know if I want to mention them today. Yeah, if you want to learn more, email me and we can talk about it. But I think um, one of them I'm following very closely is um, in VC funding right now. And I'm not sure yet if they're to market. Another one I think is to market. So here's the prediction. You're going to see corporate web browsers coming, coming out. Google and Microsoft uh even the likes of brow uh opera if you've ever heard of the opera mm-hmm. browser uh, they should if they uh, they sh- um, well my prediction is will they i don't know if they will but they should start looking at this application mm-hmm. as a corporate application and build a corporate management platform around it so we can deploy the web browser the corporate browser to our our employees and subcontractors and then manage the security and uh, functionality around that application. Well, I mean, generally, you know, you you talk about these two that are coming online. I mean, they are industry disruptors, essentially. And what they're going to do is, you know, they disrupt the market, they start growing, and then the 
the top dogs, you know, the Microsoft, Google, they're going to look down and go either they're going to just outright purchase them or they're going to tell their team, okay, we need to do this and do it better. Yeah. This is, this is what like, I, I feel like in the nineties, you know, in the eighties and nineties, there was this networking company called Novell. Okay. You ever heard of them? You're, you're so, you're, you're my age though. Right. But you're not in a little bit space. younger than you. Yeah. Um, so Novell had this, had, was the king in networking. Okay. In the eight, late eighties and nineties. Um, and they were, you would run your Novell servers where you would store all your files and, and things in the data center. But then, um, you would have windows in on the desks of every computer. And then you would have to install the Novell Netware networking client on your Windows computer to access those resources. And then Microsoft in uh, the mid-2000s uh, or mid-90s came out with their version of a server software called NT. I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. And that basically pe- people kept saying, well, if we get the win- if we get the Microsoft Windows version of their server and we get, ha- already have them on our desktops, the integration, vendor reduction, you know, mm-hmm. simplification, that sort of thing. And, and just, they just destroyed Novell. And they just, yeah. they kind of went away. They went, I don't know if they went bankrupt and they got bought and sold. Um, this browser thing, I feel like could be another one of those moments where, you know, if Microsoft, Microsoft is led by, um, I think, uh, Satya Nadella, and he's a forward thinker, is really what brought us the Microsoft we have today. The question is, why isn't he not seeing this as that novel moment Mm. that's a good question and maybe it's just a timing thing yeah just because it's very recent so right if you think about it you know we had to go through that process you have to identify and then develop so yeah um, they could be in the development mode right now or they could be you know uh, holding their hats because they're behind on the chat GPT. Well, Microsoft is with chat GPT. Right. It's more Google is a little bit behind on that. Right. But um, uh, that might be where their, their idea is now is the AI. And now what would and could a corporate browser with a AI attached to it? I mean, this kind of goes into a different conversation we could have, but you know, there might be a case where that comes together and now the AI is watching for cybersecurity issues. Yeah. So in our next, I think our next chat, we're going to talk about um, EDR and antivirus and the evolution of that. And that's, there's definitely, I I hate overusing the AI term, Mm -hmm. you know, and machine learning and stuff, but that all kind of comes into play. I mean, that that is a significant part of security. Um, What, uh, what learned behavior that, that we can, we can teach the computer and then have the te- the computer spot those behaviors, and that's kind of all. And that's what is will be built into these corporate browsers mm-hmm. uh, is that kind of model to look at behavior. Because, uh, com- well, I don't want to I don't want to get into our next one, but behavior security, it, it, having the device and the security measures monitor behavior is cr- critical to to a f- a security. So speaking on that, um, and just t- to kind of bring us back to what we were talking a little bit earlier on the privacy and monitoring of um, our employees or their their personal devices, um, you know, let let's kind of contemplate that. What is a reasonable? What do you? What would be the reasonable expectation of under a cybersecurity plan for allowing, you know, I'm my own, you know, I, I'm your employee and you come to me and say, 
um, I'm requiring you to have this software on any computer that is going to access um, our our network, our database, the um, resources that we provide for you. Where are we at as a society with that? Do you think there's going to be pushback? This is going to put a bow on this conversation, I think, right? Yeah. Um, so we started, the, the, the theme of this conversation is web browser security. Um, it, it, that's going, this, I guess this conversation may be ahead of its time even. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you. Um, but I wanted to start the conversation. I was, it's something that's I've been thinking about for a, a number of years. And um, I hate to say with COVID, with COVID, with, you know, but because of COVID, it definitely was amplified. But again, we were a leader in 2017. We, we were decentralized in 2017. Um, so I was really thinking about it in, yeah. at that time. Um, so to answer your question, what security measures are you know, should there be and, and what do we have? I mean, we still, you know, multi-factor everything, right? Mm-hmm. Multi-factor authentication on every system. Uh, you know, we're migrating now from antivirus to EDR. So EDR, endpoint detection and response, is now the successor technology to antivirus. So that that's ma- mandatory. Um, you, you know, you use VPNs and traffic routing to route traffic from the endpoint to through a corporate managed network where applicable and where appropriate. Um, so, uh, and you do gateway level filtering and, and that sort of thing. And those are all the security solutions that we, we bring to all of our clients. But today I wanted to talk about, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of signal to everybody out there that web browser security hasn't been thought of enough. It hasn't been viewed as a platform. It hasn't been viewed as an operating system. And fortunately, and I've, and I've been thinking about this, like I said, since 2017, at least. Um, and fortunately, I'm starting to see a groundswell around this, this mm-hmm. problem. I think other people are coming online. Other really smart people are coming online to seeing this hole in our security. And already there are products. Um, there's plugins for mm-hmm. existing browsers um, that will add layers of security to the browser. But I, I, you know, we're still exploring those solutions. So I think over the next coming months and certainly over the next year or more, um, you and I are going to be at this table. We're going to talk about actual solutions that we're recommending and, um, and we'll be pressing for that. Cause I, I really do think that the browser in and of itself, you know, as you, as businesses offload their applications to web applications, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm very specific. I always say web applications, not cloud. Okay. Cl- cloud is just internet. Mm-hmm. Cloud is just the internet. Um, web applications are specifically web applications. I mean, you, you can actually have a locally hosted application that's a web application. Right. So um, the web browser is an operating system that uh, I think uh, securing is, is important now. And I'm, I'm a little di- disappointed that we don't have enough good tools yet that meet the, the reasonable security standard for that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're watching this and you're a business owner or um, interested in further information about either decentralizing your company, um, securing your um, employees, or just need more in- information about cybersecurity, uh, please reach out to us. Go to evernetco.com. Uh, you can schedule a discovery call. You'll be talking with Eric, who that's you right. know, from since 2017 has been researching, staying ahead on cybersecurity issues, uh, 
very knowledgeable. Um, and but thanks again for watching. Make sure you you like and subscribe to this video to the channel. Um, find us on all social media accounts at EvernetCO. And uh, again, visit our website, evernetco.com. Thanks, Nate.